welcome to the junk drawer. Joseph Gordon-Levitt sees the tweet <laughs> and replies, watch it again, it's mostly Tom's fault. How's the body? Great body. <laughs> no, the dead body. The dead please. body. I'll give you 20 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, all that you need to do is shoot guns and have sex. Uh, I'd give it an 80%. Oh my That's God. Fine. Here's why. You know the differences between y'all and me? I make this look good. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. Well, welcome to another episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. I am your host this week by the name of Cole Brown, and I'm joined by two of my friends, colleagues, and co-hosts, one of which by the name of Mario. I am Cole. I mean, I'm Mario. That's me. Yep. He does his name better most times. That was not his best attempt. But the other person who's joining us today is Bryce Howell. Howdy. How's it going? I have my a, name I have, is Bryce. I have a last name. Oh, yeah. If you want to give your last name, you can. Okay. It's a Rico. Sorry, Bryce. That's okay. We're going dark. Trying to stay off the, trying to stay off the grid, you know. Exactly. We don't want to have any people knowing all of our information. This is a podcast, though. Can't say we want it on the grid. Well, we'll get it on a grid. We're just not sure if we went on not on the yeah, not all of the grids. Uh, In this uh, podcast, we talk about movies and uh, the the style that we kind of typically function around is this idea of the junk drawer, the, the drawer. Or that bin that's at Walmart that you see with the movies that are five dollars each, or sometimes even cheaper still. Um, we do an intro, hard intro. Five. If people don't know by now, they shouldn't be listening. Yeah. To sometimes you need to remind your listeners exactly what they're. We listening have one to. listener. Hey, uh, listener, thank you for listening. He's a good guy or girl. 2019. So uh, I'm excited. I got an, another movie for us uh, this this week that we're going to talk about. Uh, it's a. It's a personal fave, um, and uh, it'll be our first movie that we um, that we start kind of midway through the series, if not all the way through the series of a movie. Uh, this will be the third part of a trilogy. But let me set the stage for you uh, with with this intro. In the '70s, there lived a Dutch metallurgical hedonist by the name of Johan van der Smoot. He loved gold so much he even lost his genitalia in an unfortunate <laughs> smelting accident. Hence the name. Gold member. <laughs> he vented a cold fusion power unit for, uh, or a tractor, tractor beam, beam. <laughs> power enough to pull a meteor to Earth. The meteor was called Midas. Minus 22. <laughs> Very well done. Sorry about that one. It was made of solid gold. If you haven't guessed it yet, and through all those special quotes, we're talking tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening, about Gold Member, Austin Powers' third movie that came out in 2002. Indeed. Gold member. Blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Is that like is that like Moon River but to Gold Member? No, it's um it's the James Bond yeah. movie. Oh. Gold Finger. Finger. No, I thought you were doing Moon River. I don't even know what that yeah, is. It's an old song, Audrey Hepburn sings it. Uh, let's get right into it though. So do it. we're gonna start uh, as we often do uh, in this show about our own personal ratings, what we thought about this movie. So Mario, if you take us away, what was your personal rating for Goldmember? Well, I know my rating is gonna be much higher than the Rotten Tomatoes score because although usually I am a snob and agree with them, I had this movie so fun to watch and it knows what it is. It doesn't try to be anything else but a stupid comedy. Very slapstick humor. It's short, it's sweet, it's succinct, it's hilarious. I My only criticism is that it's too short. I give it an 86%, solid B+. Plus. Very nice. That's out of 100. That yes. is out of 100 Thank on you. our scale, yes. Mm-hmm. On Earth. On Bryce, uh, last name Hal, what did you think? 
So I guess I'm going to be the uh, official Mario for this podcast. Oh my, I thought I would never, <laughs> ever hear him give any negative reviews about any movie ever. So I want to start with saying that I do think this movie is hilarious, but <laughs> it is basically like four sketches that we, they tape together in a movie. Um, and they are very funny, but after you get through them, you're like, oh, there's still half an hour of this movie left. And it's not that great. It's great. Like, I literally started in my mind, like, what's my rating going to be? It's going to be like an 80%. I watched like the first 30 minutes, I was like, maybe 80% is too low. And then the next 30 minutes, I was like, 80% is too high. And then I was like, maybe 70% is too high. Oh my God. So I settled in on 55%. Wow. As my rating of this movie. Wow. So it surprising. Is, Coming blown. from the man who gave Daredevil a 99. That's not true, first of all. Pretty much. Let the record show was a 99. <laughs> Let the record show. I am now cutting off Cole's head with a chainsaw. Ringing, ring, ring, Second of all, with my rating, it is the least good of the of the three Austin Le- Powers Least movies. well. Least good. It is the least good of the three Austin Power movies. Take, take heed of. Um, and you know, even the best Austin Powers movie, in my opinion, is like maybe an eighty. So I, I've got Gold Member at fifty-five. That's my that's my rating. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm you know I'm up there in that I uh, get up. I'm up there with you. Get up there. So I gave it eighty-two percent. Um, I think it's you know kind of not it's not quite getting to that B that B middle or B plus range. Um, so here's the thing, though, and, and this is funny that you know Bryce watched the movie and just began to continually knock down pegs from what his preconceived notions of a rating would be. He arrived at a very close score to the Rotten Tomato score, which is... Before we reveal it, I did the opposite of Bryce. I thought it was like, oh, it's a 50, and then I went up from there. It opens strong. The first couple scenes are hilarious. That's when I was like, man, maybe 80 is too low. But the last half of the movie is oh. not as good. I think it's strong. And I watch it. I watch a lot of our movies. I'll watch half of it and then pause and go do something else and come back like the next day and watch the second half of it. Like Daredevil, you had to break it up in several days. Well, it's typically just how I watch movies. It's I don't bad. know. Like I'll break it up into hour segments. So I like watch Godfather over the course of three days. <gasps> I just like to break up movies, break it up for myself. Um, Make it a big star! It's nothing against the quality of the movie. So I watched the first hour of this movie, first 45 minutes of this movie, and was like, 80 might be too low. I, this movie's hilarious. It came back for the second 45 minutes of this movie, and I was like, the second 45 of this movie is not good. It's fine. I mean, it's funny. I still laugh, but it was like, it's all over the place. Before you reveal it again, Cole, I gave you guys a lecture about when you evaluate a movie, you can't put your enjoyment like you shouldn't. I was wrong, because when I was evaluating this, most of my evaluation came from how much I had a good time watching it. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah. here we go. So, the Rotten Tomatoes score is... 54%! Is what Cole just said. Yeah, 54% is the Rotten Tomatoes score. And honestly, it's like... I'm not surprised that that is the score they gave it. Me neither. But I'm also, at the same time, my, my reaction's kind of like, I mean, come on, man. It's Austin Powers' gold member. This is not, you know, yeah. fill-in-the-blank Academy Award-winning movie. I think maybe it was that low because... These movies repeat themselves, exact formula, not just like a James Bond movie, which has the same formula. It's more formulaic than a James Bond. Yeah, movie. but like they use the same jokes. The same, I mean, they make fun of it in the movie yeah. with Ozzy Osbourne saying "boobs." <laughs> <laughs> Boobs make the same fucking jokes every time. 
And that perfect Aussie was done by one of our hosts, Bryce Howell. Thank what you. is it rated? Did he say the F word in it? It's, it's PG-13. What? I wanted to talk about that later. Okay, yeah. we'll hold on to that. Um, another part of the, kind of this ratings part that I wanted to do right now, I'm limiting you to one, but this is another one of those movies that we kind of grew up with or ones that you see that just immediately become just quote century in your life where you're like, you, you, you know, rifle off the yeah. hilarious little one-liners from the movie. So I called the section the, I love gold. <laughs> but what is your one quote from the movie that you really feel like is just, you find it in use in conversation? Use in conversation, I don't know. This, this is one of the hardest things. I, there's so many great quotes, but one of the ones that I think I've used throughout my life is his farger. <laughs> what? You know, his farger. Austin Powers' farger. Um, yes, yes, dad is farger. Farger is dad. dad. I probably... Oh, his father. I probably <laughs> use that um, the most. Um, or the other one, I know you said only one, but the other one I use is twins. <laughs> twins. Twins, Which got reinvigorated when The Office happened, and Michael and Dwight's like, I found twins. And he tells the girl at the bar, I gotta go, twins! You understand. You immediately thought of twins, twins. Bryce, what about for you? So my favorite quote, uh, I like all the like really absurd and stupid jokes, like the stupider the better. Uh, and so it's a little bit later in the movie, and Austin says to Foxy, Beyonce, <laughs> Mr. Roboto is lying to us and she says tell me something I don't know and he says I open mouth kissed a horse once and she says what and he says that's something you don't know <laughs> oh I laughed so hard I had forgotten about that <laughs> that is incredible yeah for me and this is like when I when I went to watch the movie because you can watch it on Netflix right now if you catch it in time but when I went to watch this movie, very early on in the movie, I like realized how much I loved and missed seeing this movie. And the first interaction between Dr. Evil and Frau, one of his kind yeah. of henchmen, where they go back and forth just saying the word yeah. Should we do it? Stranger and stranger. And then he goes, yeah. 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 That intro scene so is all so good. When he's getting his son to shut up? Yeah. How about your dad? That, that scene, I mean, I'll hold on to that scene for later, but that scene is throwing 100 miles per hour the whole so time. It's so It's incredible. Good. All right, so kind of in summation, are oh. we sure? Is this is this the rating that we have decided for ourselves, or, you know, in light of evidence now? Yeah. Are we still sure? What do you think? I think mine's a little high. Um, hearing Bryce's testimony, he makes some good points. And if you if you take it as a um, into consideration the other movies, it's it's kind of gotten lazy, um, but I uh, I think uh, I think Rotten Tomatoes is a is a little off here. I think at, at least a six like six. I was thought I thought it was gonna be like six six sixty one sixty five range. Yeah, and I and I you know I think looking on it now too is like I watched Goldmember without rewatching any other ones, and so. I don't believe I would rate Goldmember higher than the other Austin Powers movies, and so it's hard for me to also think that I would put the other two Austin Powers movies higher than an 80%. They're not my favorite comedies in, in yeah. terms of just comedies that I really enjoy, so maybe this one would kind of fall back a couple levels once I, you know, looked at The Spy Who Shagged Me and whatever his second one is called. Or uh, International Man Mystery and then The Spy Who Spy Shagged Me is the second one. Um, yeah, I think what you guys said kind of reaffirmed my rating as, as well. Like, 
it is, you know, they do make fun of it and they do kind of try and twist it up a little bit, but it's the same jokes a third time, yeah. you know? And we're not rating all of them together, we're rating them individually, obviously, but I, I, yeah, it, they stopped with three. That was the right place to stop. It's I, funny. I want a fourth. I think it would be great not to bring at this it back. Point. It's funny, but it's also like... Yeah, they could do a live action one. It is live action. No, they could do a live action it's one. It's already live action. That's what people are doing these days. <laughs> live action remake of Austin Powers. I hate you. Um, another funny quote I just thought of. I have to plug it. Because I have a mole on my face, which is not nearly as big or in the same spot as Fred Savage's in the movie. Mm. But my brother and my cousins would tease me growing up. Oh, gosh. My cousin Matt had a big mole, too. And mole. And then, like, the best line, my favorite thing is when he's leaving, and he just, he's, like, holding his breath, and he goes, say goodbye, but instead of saying goodbye, he goes, Mole! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing that as a kid, thinking, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, I gotta believe, similar to um, the substitute teacher thing from Key and Peele, where they did all the fake names, like yeah, A.A.Ron, and, nice. and then, like, everybody who was named Aaron became A.A.Ron yep. to their friends. Yes. I gotta believe this was probably a miserable experience for people who have it was a large mole. Mine's like not your... large. It's tasteful. <laughs> it's then your friends start, start calling out the mole quotes for sure. But My mom part of this genre, a mark. part of this category I do want to kind of focus in on too, is just that comedies like Austin Powers don't really exist anymore, or at least not in the box office. Yeah. And kind of why do you think that is, and where do you see comedy, like, where is it morphed to? Nowadays, so after these movies was the Apatow era of comedies, which were great. I love yeah. a lot of those movies. Um, you know, uh, Freaking Sarah Marshall great is one. an excellent movie. Um, all, all the Apatow films are really good. Knocked Up, Forty Year Old Version, <clears throat> and then after the Apatow era, you couldn't, for whatever reason, and it's maybe because Apatow tried to make like a lot of dramatic comedies. Um, he would say like, "Oh, let's make a drama, and then we'll add comedy because we're funny people." Yeah. After the Apatow era, it was you had to make a movie that was a comedy and. And that's what we see with the superhero movies now, right? The closest thing we get to comedies are the, the Marvel superhero movies or yeah. action right. comedies like uh, 22 Jump Street. Or if you look at uh, Melissa McCarthy, who is hilarious, yeah. all of her spy. movies are like Spy or The Heat. Where it's, really it's, like, funny. it's like, oh, it's a comedy, but also she's undercover agent. And Austin Powers is basically the same premise of comedy, also undercover agent, but there's almost no action in it's it. It's just comedy. There's and a the silly so bad. amount of non-action with the judo chops, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and then these other ones, they have to have explosions and gunfights and everything else. And I don't know why you can't make a straight-up comedy anymore, but I do miss it. I mean, I remember seeing, and this isn't an Apatow movie, but the, the Will Ferrell movies, um, Talladega Nights. I saw Talladega Nights in theaters, and I almost like passed out from laughing. Oh, really? Like, people around me were like, could you stop laughing so loudly, huh. please, sir? You and, do have a loud laugh. Yeah, I do. I know. But it, that movie doesn't exist anymore. They don't make Anchorman anymore. They don't make Talladega Nights. And now I just sound like a grandpa, but no, no, I miss those movies. You're right. And um, I had that experience with Step Brothers. Step Brothers was so over-the-top ridiculous. I loved every second of it. Um, wet, like wedding, wedding Crashers, another one. I Love You Man is one I really enjoy. And it's because of, don't not trying to be political here, the social climate. You can't do a lot of the things. Think about it. We go back and we watch Wedding Crashers now, and we can be like, ooh, that's kind of, you know, those are kind of just not too tasteful, those jokes. Like, can you really do it now? Comedies, I think, nowadays are scared to go to those levels, make those types of jokes, that kind of humor. And then in the, on the flip side, 
they don't want to put stupid comedies out there because they think there's no audience for them. I think that's more true. Is like the stupid comedies have lost their audience because the viewing public has become very cynical in the past decade or so. It was tried in December and failed miserably. That Sherlock Holmes and Watson with I never saw Will it. Ferrell. Which I, I guess I'm the one complaining. I never um, saw the movie that was trying to do one it. One of our listeners and one of our two listeners and I went and <laughs> we we were expecting, like, we were excited. Like, oh, this is going to be great. Stupid humor is just what we need. We double dipped. We well, we bought tickets to both. Don't you know? We're not bad. We went to go see Vice after. We were looking at our watches. We could not wait for that movie to end. We're like, when does Vice start? We gotta get out of here. It was so bad. Yeah. Mm. And it's also like movie making is cyclical. Like, you know, there's a time when comedies were king, and that's not right now. And at that same time, when comedies were like on top, like mid two thousands, there were no horror movies of any worth. And right now, horrors and thrillers are back. Like Jordan Peele is just cranking out great movies. Uh, James Wan is doing his thing, and so you know movies come have Except ups and downs. Yeah. Well, that's not a horror, a horror movie. James either. Wan. <laughs> James Wan mostly makes horror <laughs> thriller movies. Um, so yeah, it's just a cycle. I think it'll come back. It's just it's not right now. Yeah, I think I I, I kind of live in the category of just somewhat of just the s- cultural cynicism that we have yeah. nowadays, where it's like you know it's kind of beneath people to you know equate uh, something that's purely a comedy as being of like you know, expertly crafted content. Um, and it's it's, it's a st- tough thing to do. It really is a tough thing to do. Well, like we talked about before, um, that I think is somewhat in this ex- ex- you know, example, is a lot of the superhero movies that exist now aren't like, they're never like up for like, you know, movie of the year a lot of times. Well, except for Black Panther now. Well, yeah. Right. But in general, a lot of these really, really... You know, they make a lot of money. They're well attended, well liked, but they're 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 never to that stage, except for in the case of Black Panther. And we kind of talked about that, and even in light of um, that, you mentioned this before, Bryce, with the first Lord of the Rings being like, you know, Return of the King is the one oh, that like, swept yeah. the Oscars. So Return of the King sweeps the Oscars, and it's like this very you know high fantasy movie that if you you know, were to make today, you know, probably story. wouldn't wouldn't live that way. It, not in the Oscars. It would yeah. still do successfully because of uh, Game of Thrones, as we can attest to that. But you don't think, um, Bryce, you don't agree with Cole and I? I don't think the social climate would... like. Can you see Wedding Crashers existing today? So, no, not that movie specifically, but there are a lot of those comedies from the era that we like that would hold up. I think I Love You Man could come out oh, tomorrow. Oh, that, that one's yeah. better. I think but... Freaking Sarah Marshall could come yeah. out tomorrow. And so I, I think it's true of some of them, and that's okay, but it's, it doesn't explain all of it. What about Talladega Nights? Talladega Nights could not come out. Yeah. The no. whole... With Gerard. <laughs> the, yeah, the whole uh, Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. plot can't exist. <laughs> but yeah, and it's hard too for me just because comedies are, like when we talk about the junk drawer movie, like comedies live in a big you know, piece of the pie chart in my mind for those movies where it's like, these are movies that I would see kind of on cheap in the bin, but they're also like the movies that I really enjoy re-watching. Like, it's just fun to like drink beers with a friend and then re-watch like an old comedy and just bust out laughing all over Or a soda again. pop, maybe. Yeah, or, or maybe a, a soda pop. You guys got pop beer? So moving moving on to our next, our next spot, I'm calling this section the, ah, thank you. Ah, thank you. Um, AKA, with all due respect, and, and we sometimes on this podcast we talk about kind of changes we would make. So what are maybe one or two, what are the, you know, what's the most significant change you would yeah. add to this movie that takes it out of that, you know, for Bryce, out of that 54 category yeah. and puts it into something stronger? Um, you know, I had this conversation with my brother this past week about, he couldn't agree with me that 
Bryce, you and I were talking about why was this? Why did this person have to be in this movie? It kind of we kind of went on that topic when I said Vincent D'Onofrio didn't have to be Men in Black, but mm-hmm. we are like once in a while we we'll discuss like why is that person in this movie? That role is so minuscule. Why did they put that person in? We we disagree in the Men in Black role, but yeah. if you watch Goldmember, Beyonce, they don't give her like anything to do in the role. She is really popular at the time. She's always popular. I mean, she's the queen. She's been popular. Queen forever. B, yeah, but. Compared to the other Bond, or Bond oh, they wish. Powers Compared girls. to the Austin Powers girls, she does nothing. She does absolutely nothing. They just dress her up to look nice, and they her, doesn't have many lines. Um, so for me, I would add a little bit to that character. I think it would make the movie a little better. Um, and also, more Fat Bastard scenes. I love Fat Bastard. I know this wasn't his movie, and they gave him that one like extended scene, but. Put more of him in, then put more weird gold member scenes in, and I think that improves it. Yeah. Uh, Foxy Cleopatra, that's my like big memory from this movie, is Beyonce's character <laughs> doesn't need to be in it, which is a shame, because Beyonce is incredible. But as I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if that, and it might not be, it might not be, but I wonder if it's intentional, because she is in the movie to make fun of a certain character type that became popular in 70s movies that kind of, they call it like black exploitation style movies. And she is that, like her name is a mashup of like two famous ones. I I don't watch enough of those style movies to know. But I was like, I wonder if that's like part of the point of her, like just, she has no, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading, I think I'm reading too much into it because it's an Austin Powers movie. But, but I don't think you are because that's, that's something that I feel like is like kind of just low key happening this whole time is we talked about this at the very beginning, is that it does know the kind of movie it is, and I think it does that so purposefully, purposefully <laughs> that it like takes on a whole nother kind of level of like excellence in my mind. So, like, so for example, we talk about how, uh, or we'll talk about how, like every one of Dr. Evil's plans in every movie is like overly complicated complicated stupidly complicated on purpose <laughs> yes and every time he enters into an environment where a business strategy has already been built by number two that's efficient right successful and then he ruins it on purpose with just something that's done he's like we're going to use all this money that you're making to fund my evil ventures and number two's like or we could just keep making millions of dollars through starbucks in one movie right a talent agency in another movie whatever and scott why don't you shoot him you shoot <laughs> just him right shoot him. now just shoot him right now and so I'm doing Scott. I think you're right on it, Bryce. Like with Beyonce's role, I think this is just their like kind of tip of the hat to I didn't think about that aspect of, you know, movie history. I'm thinking even more of just kind of the the Bond girl kind of dynamic or kind of the the person in the movie who really is just there to be good looking and actually doesn't serve a purpose past that. And while Beyonce can certainly serve a beyond past that's beyond ugh, purpose beyond that. Purpose beyond that. I think they purposely, you know, took that from her to just kind of you know, joke at that idea that she doesn't have anything yeah. to add. It's kind of a shame because Beyonce obviously is beautiful, but she's incredibly talented as well, and so you'd like to see her have a little bit more to do in this movie. I, I disagree with... I don't think there was much deep thought into it. I think it is it is more... I disagree and agree. I think it is like the Bond girl, like they wanted her to fit that role. I honestly think they said, let's... We don't want to take away from... This movie is really... Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, Nigel Powers, Michael Caine's in it. Let's get someone extremely famous who will help sell tickets. 
And that, that very, well, very yeah. well may be true as I well. I just couldn't see them getting to like, oh, this year symbolizes, to me, this is too yeah, dumb. That's probably too much. So for me, my one change, um, and this is, you know, with, with a little bit of pause. So a big part of the movie, and I think what's nice is that you don't have to have seen the other two for this one to make sense. But the other, the other two do add light to the jokes that they reuse in this one when they literally reuse the same exact joke or the same delivery or the same kind of setup. And like for people who've seen all three, it's like, oh, that's so funny. I remember when it happened last time too. I laughed yeah. then, I'll laugh now. So for me, I think I would maybe do one or two kind of tip of the hats to previous Austin Powers jokes, but then just take a lot of the movie for the kind of sketch idea that Bryce talked about to pioneer into like new content. Um, <laughs> and so I think, I think they kind of lean too heavily on the crutch of like, Everybody thought we were funny before, so obviously we'll just, you know, basically do a like best of kind intro of Intro dance scene. Yeah. Still love it. Again, to me as well, I'm thinking, they know what these movies are. It worked the first time made money. Let's just do it again and I'll make more money. <laughs> so, <clears throat> kind of continuing in this, this train of thought right now. Where's my mojo? What scene has the best mojo? If you were going to share this movie to somebody and you had to tell them kind of to watch one aspect or one part, what, you know, what sticks out to you in your mind is like, man, this is when oh. this movie is at the top of its game. See, I, this was hard for me. I think, I honestly don't find a bad scene in this movie. And like Brace was saying, for him it started stronger and it got weaker. For I enjoyed it from beginning to end. So this was tough. I would definitely use the intro meeting scene when Dr. Evil was explaining his plan, he just has so many great lines. He's like on another level. At this point, he's no longer like evil. He's like evil but dumb. And he like goes in this spat. The yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. He tells his yeah. son like he does a shh thing that like he did from the other movies. Mm -hmm. He just does that again. Um, it's just, it's such a great scene. So I would, I would show him that one. I would show them... Again, this is reused. The shadow scene. Like, <laughs> Austin Powers tells Minnie me one of us is going to have to get in the other's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking down the hallway, like swinging his arms, and there's these little legs. <laughs> and then they go behind the screen, and they have to give a urine test or whatever. Or they have to get the urine test. He drinks the apple juice, and <laughs> he, like, sprays yeah. it. Yeah, I wrote that down in my notes, too. Is like, one of the reasons why I feel like this movie did rate so high for me is because the jokes that I knew were coming before they were delivered, I still laughed when they like when I finally got it happened. So that this is pretty funny. <laughs> so what you describe when he's like one of us is gonna get on the other person's shoulders, I know immediately Minnie Me is gonna be the bottom rung of that ladder. <laughs> but then when you finally again get I to see it, it a second later, I'm like still laughing, <laughs> even though I knew that was gonna be the joke. He grabs the guy's hat. Oh, that's a nice hat. <laughs> um that the daddy wasn't there song and then the fat bastard Scene in that when you're collecting diapers. Mm -hmm. Hey, diaper lady, here's my diaper. I left your rosebud. <laughs> so, what's your, what's your one scene of all those? You scenes? really are a fat bastard. Um, <laughs> probably the intro with Dr. Evil. Yeah. My, my, my scene too is the opening intro conference. It's, it is just like everybody is. That should have been the movie. They should have made a 15 minute long movie of that conference, and that's just the movie. It's so. How funny. about you, Dad? And he gets apprehended at the end of it. Austin Powers just runs in and arrests him, which is also funny because it's 30 minutes into the movie. And, and I forgot that happened. I was like, is this happening? 
<laughs> Scott's like, you know, it's really causing me issues when you're so mean to me. <laughs> Dr. Evil goes, oh, I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> it just makes Which is the funniest thing you can say to We're someone. making fun of Preparation H. And we just call it Operation Ice Cream. Oh my gosh. What's that? You want some ice cream? <laughs> That's the scene I'm referring to when I said like, oh, maybe 80 is too low. Because that scene is a $100 rotten tomatoes. Yeah, we can get you some ice cream. Yeah, it's definitely unanimous. That's, that's the best scene in the movie. I think, not that I asked this, but I think the worst scene, and this is the only part of the movie where I'm like, I think similar to Bryce, where I'm like, check the watch. Now it's only an hour and a half long, so you don't have to wait that long. But when they actually get onto the sub, I'm like, what, what else is there still to do? Like, right. why? what's happening next? And kind of bored of it. But that, you know, definitely the best scene is that intro scene when he's introducing the plan, and gosh, it's so good. So, my question is, why did they have to get gold member? Because he had the key? The plot doesn't make sense. Don't that's, think about it too okay. much. <laughs> Again, that's the overcomplicated plan. They hid plan. Nigel Powers in the 70s, but they need the tractor beam, but they don't really need the tractor. They don't really need Goldmember <laughs> at any point. Goldmember's just holding Nigel Powers for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you think about it too much, yeah. it, all, it all falls apart. But we don't have to think about it too much. <laughs> One of the premises of this movie is that it's a movie existing within another movie. Uh, and it kind of opens with this action sequence of an Austin Powers movie played by uh, other Austin. actors. Tom Cruise is... Austin is, Pussy. Yeah. Austin Pussy is the name of the movie they are building alongside. It is based off of Austin Powers' life. So in this category, which of the cameos that you saw for characters from Austin Powers do you think would actually do well to step into the Austin Powers movie? Who would actually like be funny with it? Who would actually like probably kill it? Now, when <clears throat> are they stepping in as themselves, or can they be a character? They're they're playing the role. So like, yeah, Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers. Oh, Kevin Spacey is playing. Oh, Dr. I thought of it differently. I had had Tom Cruise as my answer, referencing what he did in Tropic Thunder when he was like that Grossman guy. Remember that yeah. fat suit? I, thought, I mean, that's hilarious. That was awesome. But that means um, he could probably play the Austin Powers character because he could do the comedy side. I, I don't know. I don't know if he could do that. Come back to me. Okay. I, probably the easy answer would be Danny DeVito. Yeah, that's what I got. I got Danny DeVito. All due respect to the the late Vern Troyer, yeah. who is very funny in all of these movies. Well, he's only in the second two. But Danny DeVito as Mini-Me, it's a different movie. But <laughs> It's too much. Is it, though? This movie's already so much. It this definitely becomes so like Yeah, but he has greasier. He It's not as funny. <laughs> it becomes greasier. But Danny... Mini Me is so funny because he can't really talk. He can't communicate. Right. It's a different movie for sure. Well, yeah. But just Danny Vito just doing weird shit is what I want to see. I am going to cheat at my own question here a little bit because I chose Danny DeVito, but I like the idea of him playing the role as half me. And it's the in-between between, between Mini Me and Dr. There's Paul. a third one. There's a third me. <laughs> a third me. Another no, one-eighth one size, a one-half size. And then That's incredible. Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. What about for you, Mario? Do you have somebody who you think could step into it? I like I said I would choose Danny DeVito as well. I would put Tom Cruise in as a character. I don't think I don't character. think he plays. No way he plays Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, Mike Myers. Yeah. We, like as I'm watching this movie and looking at all Mike Myers is doing in this movie, he's playing four characters. Spoilers. Genius. He, oh, is this a, is this no, a later? No, just oh, kidding. Okay. Um, he is Austin Powers, who's Doctor Evil. He's Fat Bastard. Is he as Farger? And he is Goldmember. <laughs> And he's hilarious. I like. Are are we sure? Austin, or not Austin Powers. <laughs> they're one Mike of the Myers. Same. Are we sure Mike Myers was as successful as he could have been? No, he like stopped doing everything. Well, he's Shrek, which is another big thing. Yeah, 
But other than the Shrek and Austin Powers, Shrek! I, don't, I don't know how much he's done. But <laughs> Donkey! And he's hilarious. I mean, also, obviously, Wayne's World, which is well before this, but... Right. No. Um, you know, he did this right in this era, what Eddie Murphy failed to do later on in his career. When the first Nutty Professor came out, The Clumps, when Eddie Murphy played all the roles, it was funny, and then he goes on to do, I think it was called Norbit, and it's like, oh, stop making these movies where you play... Adam Sandler tried to do it, he played his sister, and like... Yeah, it doesn't yeah. usually work, the, but you, more, more than one yeah, But Nutty Professor it. works with Eddie Murphy, yeah, and for, Austin Powers works yeah. with Mike Myers. Definitely. So yeah, so go see Austin Pussy in a theater near you. Um... <laughs> One of our favorite sections is uh, the tidbit section. Tidly bits. Uh, this week's tidbits is presented by Hollywood Ashies. Video. Hollywood Video. Oh, Ashies via Hollywood Video yeah. and Alta Vista. Um, so this is just a section we kind of designate for little trivia points and things that we found out or discovered along the way. What are kind of your tidbits with Goldmember? So Go I have on, just Bryce. one. Okay. I have just one, um, and it was actually rewatching it when it first came back on uh, Netflix. And I'm watching it, and so my wife loves this show, Dancing with the Stars, and... Dancing Fu with the Thrones. No. Oh. Fook you and Fook me come on, and I'm like, is that... One of the Fook twins, Fook you, <laughs> is Carrie Ann Inaba, No! host of Dancing no with way! the Stars. I swear, you can look it up, it's impossible, it's so Fook funny. Me. You kiss your mother with him out? <laughs> So, Fuku is now a major <laughs> television personality. Oh, there you go. Hey, so her career has really taken off since 2002. Wow. So anyway, I saw that and I was, <laughs> I was like, is that, is that what I think it is? Oh, there you go. It was incredible. That was a great moment for me watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, my, my, uh, my biggest kind of research thing is that Mike Myers actually plays four different <laughs> characters in this movie. You're kidding. So that's really oh, cool if you didn't I know that. You. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Here's my tiddly bits. Um, they're more related to Austin Powers on the whole. <laughs> um, you know, overall, I think Preparation H does feel good on the whole. Um, Michael Caine, when he first saw the original Austin Powers, thought that it was based on a character he played in a movie called Ip, Ip Chris File. I don't know if I'm play, saying that right. 1965, called Harry Palmer. Watch the trailer. <laughs> Looks similar to him, but with good teeth. What a yeah. What a heat check to know James Bond exists and be like, are they making fun of me in right? my movie? No one sees <laughs> it. It looks like, it looks like him. Um, Daniel, and we can't check this, right? But I saw this on the internet. Daniel Craig said Austin Powers has ruined James Bond. Okay. That's how much he critiques it. And um, SNL cast. Have all asked Mike Myers, and they 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 firmly believe that Doctor Evil is based on the creator of Saturday Night Live, Lord Michaels? Michaels. They said he is him to a T. Was also based on Doctor No from No, James it's Bond. Uh, Blofeld. Blofeld, sorry, yeah. Blofeld. Identical. Yeah, looks just like him. Um, so for me, my my tidbits. Uh, so the first one is kind of just with the the power of pause that we now have when we watch Netflix. Is there's a scene where we've talked about where he meets the twins. Uh, and he goes to cross off his to-do list for life, his bucket list. And this is, again, this is my argument for why I think this movie knows exactly what it's doing and then is, like, taking it a step further and just being, like, dumb on purpose. So a few of those things that are on his to-do list oh, are uh, be cryogenically frozen. Which he's done. Which he's, which done. he's done. He has there... crossed out already. Okay. Travel through time, backwards and forwards, which has happened okay. in other movies. Crossed off? Yep. Okay. Catch Dr. Evil in the first act is one of the things. <laughs> 
next one. He's in the process of crossing out threesome with Japanese twins. I love that it says Japanese too, not yeah. just twins. Yeah. And then the last one that is a tribute to the movie too is it says and it's un, it's uncrossed there. It says "Earn Daddy's Respect," which oh, we might do great. by the end of the movie. Yeah. So that's definitely one of mine. That's Another good. one of my tidbits is again, this is an hour and a half movie, and you know if you if you listen to our podcast for a while, I have a big heart for hour and a half movies. I think there's not enough of hour and a half good movies in Ooh. our culture anymore. I agree. But longer movies prior to no. its edit. Jay Roach, the, the director for this movie. Jay Roach is the director of this yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. J-Dog? J-Dog. is. So, prior to it being refined, the, the original runtime with this was three hours. Oh my god, there's probably so much awesome footage. It probably it's is. It's like Anchorman and Step Brothers. They have but it might be movies. it might be like an hour and a half longer of, wow, are we still watching this? Um, I didn't find any research on this, but I wanted to see who played the flashback roles. Because they were cast so perfectly when they do the school scene, like young Austin. They cast flashbacks two. a couple times. Rob Lowe is number two. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was they, great. They cast them perfectly. It's always but like oh, young this is great. Uh, young Basil looks exactly like him. Stand up, Jab, and take him, bud. <laughs> and the janitor starts laughing. <laughs> oh, there's a quotable. Who yeah. throws a cupcake? People said that like, yeah. growing up all the time. Honestly. Yeah, because I did the same thing with the with the young role. So the young role of Austin Powers, I looked him up later in life. Eventually, he's in um, the uh, Avengers movie with no. Yeah, he's a like special agent who's the one who has to like type in the code for the flying ships to fire on the other flying ships. Wow, get out of town. He's like special what? agent. And he has like a real name in the movie. Wow, wow. But anyway, yeah, 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 um, yeah. So and then and also in this my tidbit is this and it kind of falls in this section because I'm gonna make it uh, is that the, this movie is rated PG-13, which is impossible. It's Do, awesome. I, first question is you know would it be PG-13 if it came out today, and then you know what part of it do you feel like most warrants it to not be PG-13? Okay. I am happy that this is PG-13 because they they made it stupider than it could have been. I think if you get a, if you give it an R rating. Then it gets too extreme, in my opinion. You can get too weird, too much language. It's true. When they go to R, they try and earn the R. And they put in a lot of excessive F-words and a lot of excessive sex Raunchy stuff. stuff, yeah. So it's, it's nice that they kept it to pieces. Just like danced around it. And yeah. It made it innocent and stupid. On second look, I like it. Yeah. Okay. But it, it does feel like there's no way. But as you were like, what makes it R? I was like, well, there's not a lot of sex scenes. I guess they don't say the F-word. I no. thought they did. But... Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's enough innuendo that you're there's like, you know, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a weird conversation with your teenager on the ride home. But I remember, movie. so when I when these movies came out, I was a preteen, and I remember a lot of the sex jokes just went over my head. And like rewatching them again as a teenager and now yeah. as an adult, I got them. But the first time I did, oh, yeah. thank you. The innuendo oh, you. Is, is good. So uh, you know, one of the aspects of this movie is Doctor Evil introducing you know the plans they've they've tried to go through preparations A through G then all failed uh, and then that they're on to preparation H um, you know the, the, it does feel good on the whole but in this section A through G preparations we I'm gonna represent as kind of the people that took this movie this was probably the climax of their career whereas preparation H might be the one where they kind of jumped <laughs> off from or this was just another milestone of them doing great stuff so in the first category who you know basically gold member is their peak of their career yeah. so yeah i kind of stepped on this earlier with the mike myers conversation but it is surprising to me that austin powers was the peak of mike myers career I don't, and that he didn't I, have like a, a third act of his career that was 
stronger. I guess Shrek is his peak, but... I disagree. I think Austin Powers is his peak. These movies grow so much money, and they were so successful. I don't think... I mean, they a... made, like, 15 Shrek movies at this point. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I think this is... I think this shows his creative side way more. Yeah, he made this, I'm saying he it made... is his peak for sure. I'm oh, surprised yeah, yeah. that it is his peak because oh. I would see this almost as, like... Like Anchorman was for Will Ferrell, like, oh, this is him becoming a super-duper star. And it wasn't for him. It was like, this is it. You know what I mean? I, I, could, I was surprised that his career would kind of falter off in terms of live acting, as Cole would say. But I, I wouldn't have been surprised that overall, no matter what he went on to do, Austin Powers would be his biggest thing. Um, for me, I think Vernon Troyer, but that's just because he was typecast. I mean, this was like the role he was meant to do. But Beyonce, acting-wise, does she act in anything else after this? Is she gonna to. be? She's gonna be in Lion King, right? She's gonna voice. Well, she's the voice Nala. actor. Yeah. yeah. But uh, live action, yeah, I don't think. You know, I don't think so. I think uh, I think she stayed locked in. Yeah. It was a hard knocks life for her, which we didn't reference earlier. I love that also. Great scene. Right. Which is a song that her husband sings. Well, a remix of. Also. I was just saying. Which is another <laughs> tidbit. The tidbit there is that also uh, their prisoner ID numbers. Doctor Evil is like. Zero 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 one and mini me's is zero 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 one eight because oh, he's one nice. eight the size. But yeah, I, I definitely hear it with the Mike Myers thing. Like you know, he I feel like one of the more more recent movies he's done is the Love Guru, where he kind of played the main role in that, and it was really bad. Um, now he's I haven't seen it yet, but he's in Bohemian Rhapsody. He's oh he's he's, 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 he's great. He's pretty much awesome. <laughs> okay, but he's he's a small role. In that. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, I definitely don't, you know, see him. It is funny because I feel like these movies are really, you know, successful at being a comedy that it's, you know, strange to see him not step away. Um, but what about Preparation H? Which, which actor or actresses stepped out of this and was like, man, this oh. is just milestone after milestone? Beyonce did do Pink Panther, which was really good. And Dreamgirls. And Dreamgirls, which she was really good at. Yes. Which I didn't see, but I knew she was good at. Yes. Um, <laughs> who felt, who went on to bigger and better things? Um... I'm not a biggest fan of him, but Seth Green actually became a big name in comedy. Yeah, Robot Chicken, still is currently. Family, game, uh, right. family Guy. Um, you guys don't watch Entourage, but he played himself in Entourage, and there was an ongoing story that he had a relationship or slept with one of the main guy's girlfriends, and they always <laughs> had a beef, and it was awesome. Um, and so he's like, oh, Seth Green! They all refer to him like, full name. Um, so I would say him. Um, and obviously Michael Caine. I mean, he's always so established. Michael Caine is great in this movie. Michael Caine has been in every movie I've ever seen, which is good for him. He's making a lot of money. Uh, he does but, it for free. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I thought the easy answer would be Beyonce, uh, and I was going to steal Seth Green, so respect for stealing Seth Green from me. But Beyonce is the obvious answer, the I, easiest answer. I just kept it in acting. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, Beyonce, in terms of bigger and better things, is... Maybe yeah. one of the ten most famous people on the whole planet. Right. Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> I think she is Beyonce you know, up there. Maybe she'll 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 peak at some point. Um, no, yeah, it's funny because I with Michael Caine, like rewatching this movie, Michael Caine, I had forgotten that he was even in it. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, he comes He's on the great. He's he comes so on the screen. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's freaking Alfred. What what, what, <laughs> what is yeah? <laughs> he calls Doctor. I'm Dougie. I'm Dougie. When he. <laughs> Fights the the guards. And he goes, "You don't have a name tag. Why don't you just fall just down?" Fall over. <laughs> and the guy just lays on the ground. Uh, oh, Michael Caine is wonderful. Yeah. Beyonce is certainly the person who's the most famous, even including her role in this movie. His mm -hmm. Farger. His Farger. Yeah, yeah. Dad, Dad is Farger. Could we do some honorable mentions? 
yeah, some sure. scenes that came up while we were thinking of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's one scene. It's so slapstick. It's so simplistic. You would think this would. You'll never get away with this. When 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 Doctor Evil goes, release the globe, and Frau, release the globe, it falls on his head. Really, and he gets it off, and then the meteorite comes and hits him in the nuts. Yep. <laughs> it's That's, so stupid. It's really good. I, I so love all funny. this stupid stuff. I love when. He goes, run, Austin Powers, fly, fly. And he runs, and the door's just open yeah. to his prison yeah. cell. And he's just like, oh. he goes, I got it. And he closes the that door That scene back. is great. When you have daddy issues, he does like a little cringe. But um, even the intro out of that scene, so when he gives the flashback, it comes comes back to them talking live, and he's zipping his It's like, gosh, this movie is just doing everything right. There's a there's a line even, too, that I I only caught this time. The intro to Goldmember, the, the character, there's Beyonce and, and her two girls are singing his theme song. Mm-hmm. And one of the lyrics is, he's got the Midas touch. He touched it, as, touched it too much. But he touched it too much, hence gold member. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's stuff like that that I'm like, this movie is perfect. Did y'all There's notice a... that Beyonce makes a mistake during the dance and they just left it in? Oh, really? She's going the opposite direction of the dancers. Huh. Yeah. Um, that exchange when he first meets with her and, oh, he's a really famous actor. I can't think of his it's, name. Uh, Kevin Lane, is that right? Yes, yes. Kevin Lane. <laughs> that scene is so. He's funny. being such a perfect fake Beyonce <laughs> when he like does like the hands. <laughs> and I know you can't see that on the podcast, but he does fabulous hands. Oh, and also, then uh, that scene, real Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, Lane. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. That scene's again just absurd humor. Is really funny because he is putting makeup on with a little whatever those little powder Compact. things are called, and he <laughs> closes what? it, and Beyonce goes, "Ow." <laughs> Which is so stupid. Oh, and then um, when Dr. Evil was telling a story about when he was a little baby, there was an explosion. He goes, my my mother's flaming hot carcass cocooned around my body. You know, that That whole thing. thing. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So obviously we could go all day because that is what this movie is about, is quoting it forever and forever. But the the final kind of question here, and this could be a yes or this could be a yes and because... Does this movie belong in the junk drawer? Is oh, it in yeah. the bin at Walmart for $5? This movie is in the bin at Walmart for $5 with the other two Austin Powers movies. And that's if you a, get the special four movie one, it's got the Love Guru as well. Yeah, that's and it's a, the Michael Myers collection. That's a great purchase. I would ask the employee, do you have it with just the three movies? Because I don't want to own Love Guru. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a junk drawer. You know, it, it's in your memory forever. You, yep. It's just, it's funny. This isn't the best Austin Powers, but for me, it's the most memorable. Probably because I was the oldest when I, I think saw it. The essence of the junk drawer is that it's not good, but I like it. And that's this yeah. movie to a T. Yeah. It definitely exists in the junk drawer for me, and I think in a special way this time too. Oh, thank you. Is because the junk drawer is always filled with movies that are like the sequel and sequel, sequel, and the sequel, sequel, sequel to movies that you did really like. And so. You would see Goldmember, which is the third Austin Powers, right next to like the fifth Shrek, and you're like, there are three there's other Shreks. There's five Shreks. <laughs> yeah, there's at least five Shreks. There's there, but yeah, I mean, there's all like, Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah, because there's also like uh, Shrek Christmas Shrek. specials and stuff like that. So yeah, but yeah, like it's it's in the bin next to these other movies that you didn't even know that there was ever a sequel. And so it's not. And again, the Junk Door does not mean that it is a bad movie. In this case, it's not the best movie we have reviewed in terms of. Critical, you know, claim. Obviously, that title goes to Daredevil. Yes, eighty percent, ride or die. Um, but yeah, one hundred. What about we? You know what we need to reference? Smoking a pancake. Yeah. I love that. Last. We can literally Shmo- just do a table read of the whole movie yeah. and just crack yeah. it up after. That's probably the extra hour and a half that was in the original edit was just him doing <laughs> other versions of a smoke and a pairing that for breakfast. That scene could go on for thirty-five. The minutes. subtitle scene. 
Yes. My, your ass is happy. You what? Know there's, you know there's 15 more of those also. Yeah. So oh, in closing. The we'll fountain, leave. the pee fountain scene. Gives me every time. Asparagus is labeled next to him. And now you've seen the movie. Uh, Great. And so in summation, go see Goldmember. It's on uh, Netflix as of right now, as of the time of recording this podcast. You uh, really are a fart bastard. <laughs> so in that, we'll close. Oh, I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.